Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma. Fresh veggies, meats, cook to order, cakes, pies, cobbler, tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. We want you to feel at home anytime you come. Monday, Thursday, Saturday from 11 to 6, Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7, and close on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We do meat in two sides, meat in three sides, and also a veggie plate. Everything is fresh, and we hope to see you sometime. So thank you, Miss Charlene, for sponsoring this episode. And today, we are in Columbia, South Carolina, with our special guest, the entrepreneur of The Twist here in Columbia, South Carolina, Mr. Ken Walker. How you doing? Doing good, man. How you doing? How you I'm doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thank, <laughs> thank you for having us, man. I really appreciate it. Um, you me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know you say you have a you have a lot going on, and I like to call you a, a serial entrepreneur because you got into a lot of different things. But starting out, can you tell us how long have you been in business? In business? I've been in business since 2012. Hmm. Okay. Uh, up under another name at the time, Ken's All-Star Card. At a hot dog stand. Okay. So yeah, so 2012. And how how did you make that transition from the hot dog stand into the twist? Failure. Uh, I failed a lot until I became successful. I took Mm. the hot dog stand. I built that from scratch, from Harbor Freight tools and uh, Lowe's, with under twelve hundred dollars. I could buy like a shady twenty four ninety nine DVD. Built the hot dog stand for like wooden parts. Mm-hmm. Got it approved, started selling boiled peanuts because I really couldn't afford the hot dogs at the time. Mm-hmm. Got the money up, started selling hot dogs. Thought I was gonna be booming. Went downtown Columbia. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, took that, built upon that, built a cart. After the cart, I failed. I failed again. Started doing like different types of uh Chinese food, mm-hmm. Korean style food, didn't really take off like that. And then on my birthday, April 26, 2016, I switched it over and started doing seafood. So what, what did you say? What would you say made it made you say that it was a failure that was it not making the sales or it wasn't was it? making the sales. And at the time, it wasn't meeting my expectations. Mm. We all have a goal that we want to reach in life. We all have a timeline, even though it may be unrealistic. I was like, by this time, I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Granted, we should all give ourselves times. But I felt like I pushed myself. Right. And uh, it wasn't it wasn't profitable. Mm-hmm. It was costing me more money to actually run the business than for me to let it go. Mm-hmm. And at the time, were you still, did you have a, a full-time job and doing that on the side, or was it just strictly the, the By the dog? time the hot dog stand came, I had just quit my full-time job. I mm-hmm. had just put in my two weeks notice that didn't last two weeks. So, right. yeah, I just quit. So mm-hmm. it was all it was all in. All in. And um, when you went to these different locations, did you get the approval to go to these locations, or was it just something you just kind of... I got a, at first I didn't get approved. I'm not gonna say I did everything the right, right way, <laughs> so that had to be wrong. Um, at first I was just going to spots, mm-hmm. talking to some people, but if they weren't out there, nah, I just said no. Right. And then I just started asking questions and everything, trying to figure out the rules and regulations. And then once I started learning the rules, I was like, okay, I need certain licenses for this area, licenses for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was trial and error. How important was it for you, like finding the perfect spot for your locations? How? How, how big is that? It meant a lot because when people don't know you, sometimes it's better to be out in the front. Mm-hmm. If people know you, then your brand can be in the back and people still come. But if you're in the back and no one knows that you're there, so it's definitely, it was, it, when you're starting off, being in the front is the first 
and pretty much the only thing you should be trying to focus on is location, location, location. All right. So, so making that transition, what made you when you went to the crab legs? When did you? What made you say, okay, I want to do crab legs, and what was it? The seafood, and what made it stick? What made it stick was, I remember I went home. I had just felt I was about to quit the car. 2016, after my birthday, I went to speak to my granddad. He stays in Decatur, Georgia, and I was just like, my granddad was like, hey, go get me some seafood from down the street. I'm like, this is the deck. Like, we call it Decatur, East Atlanta. All right, okay, cool. I went down there, stood in line for over seven hours. For seafood. For seafood. Mm. Like, this is on my birthday. So I could have been doing other stuff right. with my money and time. So at literally 11 o'clock, I got there. They didn't open at 12. I was number 72 in line. Mm. Waited to, I think it was like 4.35-ish, and I finally got my first plate. Wow. And I was like, yo, this is a hit. They don't have anything like this in Columbia. I took the rest of my birthday money. I ain't even finished my birthday. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> I bought some crab legs, some shrimp, came with a butter sauce, and I was like, yo, I'm here down in Columbia. That was, literally, that was the turning point for all of this. Was that one day on my birthday? And I know you say you were from Atlanta. Were you still living in Atlanta at that time, or were you actually living in Columbia? I was in Columbia. Like I was full fledged in Columbia, trying to make things happen. Okay, and yeah. then you just brought it up here to Columbia. Yeah, I just brought it up here. I, it was a trip. I actually visited my granddad on a weekend. I was gonna give up the car, and that weekend turned into life changing. Mm -hmm. So how how did you actually come up with the store? Was it actually a, a food truck or was it a cart and then the, the storefront or the store came when I won a national food truck competition? Wow! So April twenty sixth, I turned my life around. By May, I got a phone. I got a phone call and several emails from Thomas English Muffin saying, "Do you want to compete in the national food truck competition?" I thought it was fake. I ignored it. I thought it was spam because anytime you see $25,000, you think it's fake. Yeah, exactly. So they finally called me three times like, yo, we serious. You just got to do this on the spot. Had to come up with a recipe. As a matter of fact, I got it back there to uh, Pineapple Express. Mm -hmm. uh, came up with the recipe. At five weeks worth of competition. It's me versus every other city in the United States. I beat out every other city. They gave me $25,000. Now, yeah, I could have did something with that. Went and go spent. But no, nah, I took that and reinvested it back into this place. So all my money Went right back in here. Wow, that's big. So you took the money and opened up the store. Do you, do you do most of your business in a food truck though, or, or was it just a that's what they call the event? Just a food it was truck? Uh, it was a food cart. It food wasn't even cart. a truck. I couldn't even afford the truck like uh -huh. with an engine in it. I had to get a cart to pull behind it. Right. Um. So no, the majority of business once that competition was over, this was my next project. So I still have the cart, but I run the storefront more. So okay, so mostly all of your business traffic comes through here. Wait, it comes through here, yeah, right. most definitely. Do you still do any kind of other uh, events or tournaments or? I don't, and I'll tell you the reason why I don't. I know a lot of people may disagree with me on this, but the one thing I figured out is people will trick you into doing events. They'll say, "Hey, we have three thousand people coming to this event. It's a promoter, but you got to take into consideration they might have twenty food trucks out there. Mm -hmm. Out of the people that's coming, they may not even want your food." People are going to go to what's cheaper. So right now right. you cut down your percentages more and more and more. Right. When I can just bring the same crowd to me and make a hundred percent profit. Right. And it's cost you more to it's go. It's cost me more. Right. Right. So that, that's, that's smart as well. Okay. So how about when you got to the store, what was, what was kind of like, talk about opening day. How was that? Opening day was a dream come true mm -hmm. because now I have a storefront. I'm no longer out in the rain. You know, different weather conditions. I don't have to worry about a broken tire. So when people was coming in, I was like, oh, they're coming in for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that you're coming in for food. It was crazy. It was hectic. And I had family working back in. So, you know, family. Yeah. Man, you know how that go. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
I really enjoyed it because it showed me that people were following my craft. Mm -hmm. how, how did you generate that buzz? Was it kind of like word of mouth? Was it handing out flyers to promote opening day? Or It was word of mouth. It was more mm -hmm. word of mouth than anything and social media presence. It was more like here in Columbia, nobody really knew who I was. So I had to create a whole different presence. I had to take a whole different approach. And so even with the restaurant, my different approach was only being open two days out of the week. Mm -hmm. So supply and demand. Exactly. And, um, oh, is that, was that kind of like your strategy, just being open two days out of out of a week? Or, or did you it, look it, to kind of open, do more days than that? You get the freshest seafood like on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I get our seafood from Charleston and Savannah. Some boats come in actually on Wednesday and get in on Thursday. So I didn't want frozen seafood. So I wanted like fresh stuff. So it just mm -hmm. turned into like a Friday and Saturday event. But the thing about it is I think in the South, people have the wrong impression that you have to be open five days out of the week. Mm -hmm. No, because you will go broke doing that because you got to pay for overhead. I also have to pay for staff. Right. So only out of those five or six days, you're only making money two and a half, maybe three days. Mm -hmm. Why not just make your money? <laughs> right. Because I, I remember when I was in high school, I was telling Calvin on the way here that uh, in high school, I worked at a seafood place up in, uh, up in Union, in Buffalo, South Carolina, and we were open only Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That was my high school job, and I hated it. I, I was busting tables, and I, I hated it. But, you know, like, and they were pretty much the same way, just weekends or whatever. But it, it was it was something different, you know, just I knew it wasn't for me. Right. But uh, it was just something right. to get that experience or whatever. Yeah, you learn. You, you live and you learn. I learned that a lot of restaurants I worked for, they were opening, but they weren't making the money. Right. And they were always trying to do sales to get people to come in on those days. And when you do sales, you're cutting in on your profit still. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you need to make a business decision. Just because it's antique doesn't mean you need to keep it. Exactly. Absolutely. How many employees would you say you have right now? Right now, I want to say four. I'm trying to expand. <laughs> and uh, also, with starting out with a business, what was the biggest thing that you worried about just starting out? Because a lot of people, a lot of times you hear that restaurants only last a couple years, right. or if that, and then they end up going out of business. What was your biggest worry? My biggest worry? Let's see. Actually, because I knew my talents. So I want to say that my biggest worry was not even the business, it was the city. Mm -hmm. And by the city, I mean, is the city going to grow? Because what happens is, I found out in Columbia, if two events go on, it's shutting everything down in the city. Right. So the city needed growth. The more people, the more that people can actually expand and go to different things simultaneously. So my biggest concern wasn't even for my business. It was the things around my business, the mm -hmm. city growth. Right. Would you say like football season and stuff brings in traffic for you though, or is it does it kind of? Uh, we have a lot of traveling customers. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that on purpose. Like behind behind you, you see like a wall. Mm -hmm. I do that because, granted, here football season is hot. It is. Yep. But at the same time, what are you gonna do when football season ends? Yep. You have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I started orchestrating things around football season mm -hmm. and around colleges. Right. That's that's big. And how do you feel like the the community? How receptive have they been so far? Do you feel like? Whoa, my like the community is major. When I say major, the same people that support me now support the cart. And when I say they support the cart, I mean that we beat out California food truck by three hundred thousand votes. That's huge. So my like my support hats off to everybody that comes in. Like that's why I'm always saying welcome to the twist because that support got me this. How did how did you manage to to stay 
humble and focused because like you say you beat out so many different companies that they, they've probably been doing it for so long but you've managed to to beat all of them and win the win the event how did you stay so humble and focused well first you have to remember all this can be taken away from you at any time um nothing's guaranteed but at the same time you have to believe in yourself now mm -hmm. being humble doesn't mean that you have to be apologetic to everybody Mm -hmm. It just means that you understand where you came from and you understand how you got there. Mm -hmm. And you keep that focus all the time and treat every day like this is your first day out. Mm -hmm. Because someone's always behind you trying to get your spot. So never get too comfortable. Absolutely. What was the feeling I, I saw on your on your uh on your profile on, on Instagram? You said your one of your friends told you that they saw your business on a billboard. And they, what can't talk a little bit about that and what how did that make you feel? Um, seeing myself on a billboard when you don't really know too much about billboards, when you see things on a billboard, you're like, Oh, they got money, you big, like you're right. a superstar. Like, you know, when you see things on a billboard, you're just like, Oh, you made it. Right. So, when someone said, Hey, I saw you on a billboard, I'm like, Oh, I must have made it. Yeah. You paid attention to me because right. it's more like people recognize you now. Like, when you go out to the grocery store, old people tap you on the shoulder, ask you what you got here. <laughs> you know, people recognize right. you, so it's a different feeling, but it's a great feeling. Did they tell you you were actually going to be on the billboard, or was it just kind of like a well, shock? no, I was just it was it was a shocker. Um, mm -hmm. It was a shocker. I know they they mentioned it before, but you know how people mention stuff. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden you appear, you just like, oh, this is real. So right. yeah, that's. I I know it makes you feel good even now for me. I'm not on any billboards, but sometimes I have people tell me, hey, they'll reach out to me and say, I love what you're doing, keep right. going, and that stuff means a lot to you. Oh. So. And my thing is, you know, just stay focused, stay humble, and just just keep going. So, for, what what would you tell people in this position, like they want to start their own business, they may not have all everything that they that they want. What would you tell them about how to start that business? What advice would you give them? The best way to make your company better or to make yourself better is free. When I was really extremely broke, I took the majority of my days and I spent that books a million. Mm -hmm. I spent that books a million reading marketing books, technique books. I was not a day that if I was broke, I had time. Even mm -hmm. now that I have a little bit of money, I still have time to read. Mm -hmm. I think the problem that people have is they want everything handed to them mm -hmm. instead of going out to find the knowledge themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of it also is, like you said, you failed so many times and then you you finally succeeded in something. Right. You And you, you weren't afraid of failure. Oh, no. And I think a lot of that kind of handles people as well because they don't yeah. want to fail. I just feel like you just have to take that chance because if, if you don't, if you never take that chance, you never know no. what could be. So opinions are going to kill you. Man. Most people are, they're not scared of failure of themselves. They're scared of the opinion of other people when they fail. Mm -hmm. So they're scared of, if I fail, what are you going to think about me? Like exactly. you're going to come back years later and be like, I remember the time you was broke. I don't care. Exactly. I, I remember the time I couldn't sell anything. I was broke. I can tell people that. Mm -hmm. it, but I think people care so much about what other people think that they can never grow beyond the opinions yep. of others. And social media is oh, social, social media, media is a is a killer it nowadays. Paradise is in the yeah. hood. <laughs> and it's and like I was saying yesterday, um, I was talking to somebody else yesterday. I was down in Atlanta, and one of the things they were saying was like social media is so. When you look on social media, it's like everybody is winning. Like right. everybody living their best life. They got they on these trips and doing all this and that. But at the same time, behind up when they're not, when you don't see all these pictures, they have so much other stuff going on. Yeah. It's it's more like I equate that to people and their followers. Mm -hmm. You might have one hundred fifty thousand followers, but you got two hundred likes. Mm -hmm. So you may be hot on social media, but your influence is not that high. 
Right. And so a lot of these people that you think are making money, if they can get a dollar from all their followers, they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Exactly. <laughs> but they can't. A lot of them work nine to five jobs with us and they clock in. Mm-hmm. So, so, no. yeah. so it's like, don't pay attention to social media. Just focus on on what you're trying to do. You stay and uh, just keep going. Keep going. You just got to, you can't, you can't worry about the, uh, the negativity. Got to stay but, consistent. Mm-hmm. Talk about something else. You said uh, eventually, do you plan on opening more locations? Eventually, yes. Eventually, yes. Um, I'm just not... My whole thing is... I'm the, the twist. The twist is named because everything I do has a twist. I'm not so eager to open up a restaurant because someone else said they're going to open up a restaurant. Right. My thing, and this is what I tell a lot of people, because this is what I focus on in life the most. You take nothing else from this interview. The opinions of other people will kill your business. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want me to open up in different spots. It doesn't mean that they're going to support. It just means that they want the convenience of it. Yeah, this is their opinion. Yeah, right. Most people want me to open up more days out of the week. That means that they'll stop coming on Saturday and just come on Tuesday. Right. So still in the end, you're either losing or winning. Mm-hmm. But you're mostly losing. So a lot of people open up and go under because they listen to the opinions of other people. Mm-hmm. Who do, who do you share your thoughts with? Of course, everybody doesn't have your vision, so they don't see what you see. And uh, when I talk to people, sometimes I talk to people and it's kind of like, they say, okay, well, good luck with what you're trying to do, but they don't understand my vision where I'm trying to go. But who who do you talk to about your business advice and who do you go to? That's actually a good question. In all honesty, for a lot of business advice, I talk to some of my frat brothers. Well, actually, one of my frat brothers. Yeah. Um and the majority of the time, I talk to myself. Because the reason I say I talk to myself is not, like, I did, I've never had a mentor. Like, granted, I have a mom and a dad, but for them to understand the level that I was on, it, they weren't on that level. So a lot of mm-hmm. things I research and then take it from there. That's why I failed a lot, because mm-hmm. I never had that. So when I talk about different things, I'm like, yo, I want to, a lot of the greatness that people see or see things that happen that's successful is just me saying, F it, I'm going to do it. Right. <laughs> that's it. It's yeah, just exactly. it's just me saying that and then moving on. Like if it works, it works. If it yeah. doesn't, it's like the more you talk about it. I mean, it doesn't really. It's not going to happen until you you can talk about it, but until you actually put it into right. motion and start doing it, that's the key. But uh, talk talk a little bit more about the failure. How important is it? You feel like it is to fail at something. Failure is just if not more important than winning, mm-hmm. because it teaches you what not to do and how not to do it again. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you got this. <laughs> It's kind of like with me. I didn't know wontons and spring rolls wouldn't be a hit in the South. Little did I know people like fried food and oh, seafood. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. it. That's what they want. They don't want fancy food unless they're trying to go to a nice restaurant. Right. They're going to ask where the fries at and where the fried food is. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to take that route, so I stuck to seafood. Mm-hmm. So I needed to fail. I mean, I was out there 10 people in line a day. Yeah, that, that wasn't hot. Right. I couldn't pay my bills. <laughs> I had eviction notices. A lot of them. Right. Uh, <laughs> But you needed to, I needed to fail to understand that, okay, maybe this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I need to fail advertising-wise to know that people aren't paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. But it forced you to go back to the drawing board oh, yeah. and kind of correct some of your mistakes. What would you say is the biggest lesson you've learned so far in business? Biggest lesson I've learned in business is make sure all your paperwork is straight. That's business license, uh, if you need any type of insurance, all that. Make mm-hmm. this You'll be surprised what can go wrong and when it can go wrong. Right. Right. So, no. That's the biggest lesson. Right. And so far, what, what what would you say keeps you motivated? Honestly, I have a point. I have a point to prove. And the point that I have to prove is here in Columbia, it's a thing where people think they have to be in certain groups to be successful. Mm-hmm. And at no point in time did I need those groups to be successful. Right now, I am the only African-American in the whole world to win a national food truck competition. 
I didn't have to kiss up to anybody. I had I didn't have to go to any networking events. I didn't have to be anybody's uh do boy. I right. just did it. So that's what I'm trying to teach is individuality. They act mm-hmm. like it's a played out thing, but you can make it on your own yeah. by surrounding yourself with positive people. Create your own opportunity. That's you exactly go. like we were saying off camera. That's exactly what I had to do. I heard so no so many times that I was like, you know what? Let me just use that as motivation and create my own platform. Yep. And so, like I said, we've been all over, and now we're here in Columbia sitting with you, and I appreciate it. So it's just like you, you definitely. I want to inspire people to, you know, create your own opportunity because right. you, you never know what you can do because we all have greatness inside of us. So you definitely have to kind of put yourself on at times. Oh, yeah. If nobody gives you a chance, then you just have to do it your own way. And you can learn something, so much from it oh, yes. as well. But also with the twist, did you, when you doing the restaurant, did you have to look for like seafood? Did you, were you looking for something that was different? From all other restaurants, or like far as seafood instead of like you said, fried chicken and soul food around here. Yeah, it's more like when I first did it, I was like the first one to do it. Um, so when I did it, I was looking for something different to bring it. Right now, seafood is kind of like chicken wings. Everybody wants to do it because everyone wants to do it um, because it's kind of like chicken wings. So when I did it, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to create a different lane. Uh, I never mind anybody else being in the crowd because it's food. I mean, everybody's going to do a certain type of food. Mm-hmm. The reason some people aren't as successful is for the simple fact that they never understood the price cost, how much it would take to advertise. Butter. Uh, everything it takes for is like the plate, silverware. If you're going to sell, how much you're going to sell? When mm-hmm. this goes, like the seasons for this. Can I sell this fresh? Do I have to get this frozen? Right. Price point. Like people forget that and they jump into it because they see you doing it. Mm-hmm. So they fail because they see other people's success, not knowing the plan behind it. Exactly. If you could, this is a couple of questions I like to ask a lot of all the guests that come on. If you could go back and do something different, what would you say it would be? I could go back and do something different. What would I do? Honestly, this may seem wrong. Nothing. Nothing. And the reason I say that is because every lesson that I learned, I'm glad I learned it because at some point it helped me out through a certain situation. Mm-hmm. I needed to bump my head. What characteristics do you say an entrepreneur must possess? Uh, first of all, ambition, yeah. drive, tenacity. Um, you have to stay steadfast. Because I mean, when no one else believes in you, what you gonna do? You gonna give up? Right. Exactly. The blueprint. I love to ask people this as well. If you could lay out a blueprint for a successful business for people listening, what would you say is a blueprint? Success, I would first say, understand your craft, write it down, apply it, redo it. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because it may not work the first time. Go back to the drawing board. Now you got it written down, you know what not to do. Scratch that off. Mm-hmm. Go back and redo it again. And then once you get that successful ratio, it's already written down. You know how to do it again. Mm-hmm. When did you feel like you probably um, feel like you kind of mastered your craft? I know you say you had to watch you watch some videos and different things like that. When did you feel like you you mastered? I, the, the moment I felt like I realized I mastered my craft was when I was actually making plates, and I had a whole full blown conversation, and I just did ten individual orders without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. That's when I realized like, okay, I can kind of do this right now without even paying attention to where it was for. It's like gotta make sure I do this right. Nah, that's right. not the right amount. I was just talking like, yeah, man, you see that game last night? Yeah. That went good, man. Next <laughs> thing I was like, oh, these plays already went out? So, just oh, like, I'm to that level now. Yep. 
the re- the repetition of it. right. Yeah. Do yeah. you when you when you make uh, different um, ingredients? Do you do you experiment at home or you don't try to break it into the business? Try something different, or is it like I'm gonna try it at home first, and then if it pans out pretty good, then I'll put okay. It on. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that most chefs will probably get mad at. I don't even taste it, mm. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't taste it. Other people do because it doesn't matter if I like it. Mm-hmm. It matters if everyone else likes it. Exactly. So me liking it is kind of like okay, cool. But if everybody else on the outside dislikes it, I can't sell it to you. Right. So I got a gang of my friends to be like, yo, what do you think? And I may taste it months down the road. And they just people go, that are objective. Yeah. Bro. Like people who would just tell like Ken, yo, that sucks. Like why yeah. did you think of that? You put a sock in this or something? Like nah, they. I need those individuals to tell me. Right. So that's why I have them around. Just a few more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Do you have any other uh, future business endeavors? Right now I'm doing real estate. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm loving the real estate technique. I'm learning more about uh, land, property, owning. Mm-hmm. Um, own. Owning is everything. I don't want to lease my whole exactly. life away. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I want to own. <laughs> that's something we talk about all the time is just ownership and, and uh just having our own, you know, like you said, not leasing anything. Do you feel like being in the real estate will kind of help you kind of give you an advantage of some things like when you want to go expand your business, like oh, yeah. as, as to where you can find different places to uh, set up? Real estate is definitely a, a, a key thing in my next business endeavor because I don't want to lease anymore. No, mm-hmm. no one should want to lease and rent their life away. So, no, with real estate, I can find different spots. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. How long have you actually been doing the real estate? I just got licensed in, I want to say September, last oh, okay. September. Yeah. So you feel like is the restaurant more of your passion as opposed to, to doing the real estate or was it kind of like a, a hobby? I that think point? that the restaurant is my passion because I love to make people smile through food. Real estate is slowly becoming up there because it's more like I can get people in the houses who never thought they could own anything. Right. So it's still, I get that same smile just with a different approach. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm loving it. And would you, this should be like a, I, I believe South Carolina overall is just, is growing because of so many companies coming down this way and BMW and then everything that we have going on. So that, that thrive, that, does that help in, in the real estate market for you? Yeah, most definitely. The more, the people that's moving here helps to reconstruct Columbia. Like I said, we, we talked about, it. I'm, I'm originally from East Atlanta. We didn't start growing until like after the 96 Olympics. What that did was it changed old Atlanta had to move. And so I love it because what we talked about earlier, you had to be part of a certain group. Mm-hmm. Now we got people moving in from California, New York, Absolutely. Jersey, D.C. So that certain group, those old people now have to shift over because now you have a new group of people that's making rules. So yeah, we talk about the, um, where we work at. Um, we have so many people coming from all over. We have some people that come from. I remember talking to America where they came from Michigan and said they. They, they have a home up there and they also have one down here and they come down here when it starts yeah. to get warm <laughs> and when it gets cold up there they'll come down here this way but um it's just something they say they, they like to do they just like to move around and different things like that but uh one of my final questions um is what is your ultimate goal my ultimate goal is to teach it's honestly individuality and the reason i say individuality is because there's so many people who don't want to be themselves because they're they're afraid of certain things. And so me being successful in what I do shows it gives people permission, not saying they need my permission, but it shows them like I can do this without needing all this help. My goal is to change the South. Because mm-hmm. when you think of the South, it has a stigma to it. Mm-hmm. You know, black people more, yes, sir. Yeah. I'll shake for you, Mr. Bojangles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so my thing is to show you that you can stand up right, 
And when people talk to you of other cultures, you can do the same thing. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Well, one, one more quick question. Before we go, uh, you said um, that down in South Carolina, when you lived in Atlanta, you came here. Was it kind of like a culture shock or was it how, how was it? Was it kind of? It was a major culture shock. And the reason I say it's a major culture shock was people were so happy doing overtime here that it was shocking to me. Like coming from Atlanta, they looked at you differently. You know, East Atlanta, Lothonia, Stone Mountain. They, you know, everybody was entrepreneurs. So you had a name tag when they were looking at you like you were foreign. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you work for somebody? So when I came down here, my very first job, people was like, man, when I get these 10 hours overtime, yeah. it's going to be a check. Yeah. And I'm just like, why don't you just open your own business? No, nah, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> so why, why do you think entrepreneur? I know I said we was going to wrap it up, but why do you think entrepreneurship is looked so different, different upon around here? They're not used to seeing people that looks like them opening up anything. Some people are so content working for other people mm-hmm. that you try to open up your own stuff. They just say, nah, you just stick to those good old benefits over there. Right. Don't 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 ruin that money. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that you can make that money and get your own benefits on your own. Absolutely. So if they never saw it. Then they don't believe it can happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we kind of sell ourselves short at times oh, because yeah. Like we'll we'll look for that Monday through Friday job or the weekends off or that nine to five and that way and the job that gives us benefits and if we have that, we're good. Right. We don't even try to think of anything else. We'll just stay at that job until until they leave, till they fire us, till they yeah. go on until you don't get a pension, until you don't get a four one K. It's kinda like you leave your destiny in the hands of somebody else to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that I never understood. Exactly. And it's and it's insane. It's like you, you have to get Comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? I just like I don't want to just settle. Just looking back, and saying, "Man, I wish back then, right? I would at least took that chance and just waited." Because, like I said, job. I, always, I tell people all the time, jobs when they're done with you, that's that they're done. And even on a little sports, and even on a higher scale, look at Des Bryant. He thought he would be a cowboy forever. Oh, His yeah. numbers started declining. That big pay they had to pay him. And he was out the door. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers and money game. You're only mm-hmm. worth to them how much money you can. They, you're only worth to them how much you can put in. Absolutely. Once you can't put in, your worth goes down. Yep. And then they and then they move on. Yep. Well, I appreciate you. We we want to thank you for having us here. And I know, like I said, one of my friends uh on Facebook, I told we were going to actually <laughs> be here. Well, shout out my man DP. Uh, when I uh. When I posted that we were going to be here, he said the food is amazing. <laughs> so they let you know we're an hour and a half away, a little, bit, maybe a little bit on the hour and a half away. So they let you know that you've already reached us in the upstate. So oh, we, that's a good thing. So we greatly appreciate you. Uh, before we get out of here, can you tell everybody where to find you at? Yeah, the Twist, 9300 Two Nights Road, Columbia, South Carolina, Sweet Ale. Look for the Twist sign. It got some trees and everything. No crabs on it, but it's got trees. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you. And also, thank you again to Miss Charlene's Home Cooking for sponsoring this episode. So until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Crossline Podcast. Thank you for listening.